Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast agents, to MassCast number 14, where we will be talking about Mask episode number 11, the Magma Mole, which Venom uses a mole machine to drill into the Earth, which threatens Tokyo with devastating floods and eruption of Mount Fuji. My name is Jason, your co-host, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Mario to my Luigi, Wyatt. How you doing tonight? I'm doing super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need that that sound effect in there, right there. <laughs> yes, we do. So, uh, everything's okay on your end. Everything's okay on my end. How about you? I'm doing great, fantastic, ready to run down another great mask episode. Or I guess we'll find out if we both agree that if this is a great mask episode or not coming up. But first, a couple quick announcements. I just wanted to pass along that the month of May was very good to the Mask Movie blog. We broke our record for the number of page views in the month of May. We were over 4,300 hits which beat April's record by about 600, so we appreciate everybody coming along and having a little fun on the new blog. Another little quick announcement we wanted to pass along is we have been revisiting our script, and that was basically head up by my partner here, Wyatt, and we've been making little improvements here and there, little subtle additions, I guess, if you will, if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we um, we had a couple of different uh, scenarios going on. I would say mostly towards the end of the movie, we just kind of spruced it up is really what uh, the major thing I did. Uh, and, of course, Jason is still perusing over to make sure he's in quite in line with what I'm thinking, but we've already communicated whether on Yahoo Messenger or uh, – text message we've already kind of got the okay well i I, it's been fun at least going through uh i don't know how many pages i've gone through so far but kind of going back through the script we've kind of got our second wind or third wind i don't know how many wins we've had right and you know we're 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 just kind of like uh jason's famous saying lately especially when uh we we hosted bill ferris here on mass cast you know never quite satisfied we've kind of shelved it put it away for a few months and then came back to it going you know we could polish it here or there and and just tweak something because something now doesn't look right or doesn't the scene might not end the way we thought it should have ended uh or whatever the case may be but like i said we've we've gone through we've uh introduced a little bit more things to it we've tried to spell out a little bit more of the beginning of mask just like some other movies uh, that have been remade for the 80s, just to give it a little more uh, texture, if you will. Yeah, and I think going back through these episodes have kind of jarred some things as I'm going back through the script as well, which is it's just been really cool to 
be able to experience the cartoon now, and now we're going back through the script and seeing the similarities and where we can kind of make improvements and kind of make it more in line in areas uh, with the cartoon, which is what we wanted from the beginning. Right. So that's uh, that's where what we've been working on, and uh, let's go ahead and get right back into the show. Are you ready to start digging around in the ground? I'm ready to start the Mass Cat. We enter into a vacation, or at least a tourist trip, to Bruce's home country of Japan. Before that, we didn't know exactly where he was. We knew he was Asian, but we didn't know where he was really from. Uh, they even learn about uh, Japanese priests when they see uh, one of them taking a very long, long cold shower in a waterfall. Then after a couple of minutes, we find that the tranquil life in Japan is being disrupted by a large wave of water. Ooh, what are those marks on the walls? They look like waves. Those marks are from the time when this whole area was covered by the ocean. Uh, ladies, does the ocean ever come back here? <laughs> no, no. The water has been gone for millions of years. That's impossible! Now, at this moment, did you happen to catch Matt's voice was a little different after Scott asked him about the wave? No, I didn't. To me, it sounded like he was trying to clear his throat, or he lost just for a split moment. It was like one word. I noticed his voice just changed a little bit. I didn't even notice that at all. Um, you were listening a little bit more intently than I guess than I was. I guess so. So this wave uh, starts to come. Matt has hinted that there are some venom agents in the area. Scott sees this wave coming. Everyone kind of screams, and they're kind of frozen on this uh, bridge. Matt tells everybody to hold on to the rail. That doesn't seem to work no. as some of the people are actually kind of swept away. The priest is. And eventually they all come back up to the surface. Uh, T-Bob, of course, opens up his uh, little top hatch there and pulls a squid out, uh, which was kind of comical. They realize that there's this huge fountain that has been created in this lake. And Matt and Bruce are going to go diving uh, around the, this fountain to go uh, investigate. Obviously, this is where the water's coming in. Let's see if we can find out how. Scott, your job is to make sure the boat stays put. Yes, sir. Ready, Bruce. And this is where we get to see, uh, really we get to see another instance where he trusts Scott to kind of man a boat. But uh, at the same time, we get to see another uh, human characteristic of T-Bob. Do you notice that he is now seasick on a boat? <laughs> yeah. I, I did hear him say that. I remember kind of rolling my eyes, I guess. Yeah. So now they're in, this o in the ocean. They're in a terrific, using Matt Tracker's quote there, they're in a terrific current as the men come upon a huge hole that baffles them. Bruce discovers something shiny, so Matt courageously attempts to crawl down to investigate. Of course, he's grabbing hold of a little tiny twig of, I guess, an underwater tree or something. And just as he gets the little shiny object, 
of course, the twig snaps. He's caught in this tidal wave, and eventually we see him being shot out of the water spout. And, uh, of course, right, Scott right. heads over to rescue him, which ends up nearly knocking T-Bob out of the boat, which I thought was pretty comical there. Yes, and, of course, Matt with his little quip there, that was some roller coaster ride or whatever he says Yeah, uh, as he comes out of there. But he shows that he was able to hang on to the object, and they head back and he scans this object on his mask uh, laptop, I guess you would call it, which is tied into the mask home computer. And the computer scans it as a rare element called endurium. And it has been recently stolen. The whole, I guess, I can't remember if it's the whole world supply or the largest supply or whatever. And they have one surveillance photo. And if you didn't notice right away or took a glimpse... You might not notice that it was Rax because he's at, without his sunglasses. Right. And he's actually dressed up for once. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So he was kind of a little out of his element there, I guess, trying to look like a scientist or something in this lab where uh, they caught him on the surveillance photo. But I thought that was pretty cool. And then, of course, we go right into the roll call. We know it's Venom and uh, time to get the agents going. And this was good. I think this is one of the best mass call-ups we've had so far. I agree. We get Bruce um, and Alex. Brad, of course, at the rock concert, leaving uh, his bandmates behind. Hondo, which is, uh, he's in class and gives the old class dismissed and the whole class goes crazy right. as he's running out the door. And then uh, we get Buddy and then Gloria, after we talked about her, I think it was last episode and all these horrible she gets the call and then jumps out of her car and starts running. Right. She jumps into a car and bolts after, you know, headquarters. So it was kind of funny to see her do completely the opposite. I'm wondering if the writers finally caught on to this and like, you know what, let's make it this way. We need to, yeah, we need to beef up Gloria's uh, call up a little bit better. I think she was actually uh, training the older gentleman behind the wheel of the car uh, in driving school or something, and she just kind of scoots him over, right. floors it, and he's like hanging on to the seat. And <laughs> you know me, great. you know me with sound effects and my favorite TV shows, I distinctly heard the sound effects of the General Lee running off, you know, the, the, the exhaust. I just heard that exact sound effect from uh, the Dukes of Hazard. But anyway, you know, we were saying that great call up, the computer graphics were far better than they have been in a long time for calling yeah. up the agents. It was really crisp and it was it was formatted this time. So where the name of the vehicle is the very last thing the computer says. You know, sometimes we get it where it says uh Gloria um Gator co pilot or something right. is the last thing she said. But you know, everyone has their vehicle code name at the end, which I thought was good. Right. And then they really came close to, to hitting a home run right here when they energized the mask. Um, we're assuming Matt and Bruce is still in Japan, and this is being taking place at Boulder Hill where they're energizing the mask. So we hear Hondo's voice when we hear, prepare to energize, you know. Right. Which, that was good. Prepare to energize. Energize! Because I guess Hondo... It, is at least they're using him as the group lead vice, for this one, yeah. Yeah, like the vice president, so to speak. But they screwed it up a little bit because they left 
Matt and Bruce's mask up in the the turntable, so to speak, and Matt is seated at the table. If you looked really close, really, I missed that one. No, he was there. But then, of course, when they pull the masks off, it's all of the people that are supposed to be there. So that was really good. So if they had, you know, kind of changed that up so where maybe Matt and Bruce had their masks already there, I don't know, maybe they're bringing them along, you know, when they get there. But we didn't get the transport plane either. I thought we might get it on this episode since they were overseas. But we cut then to the whole team at the scene of the second hole that they found by the satellite photo. Right. And he, and Alex is stating that he's found traces of the endorium mineral. And of course he concludes that it is the work of venom. There are faint traces of endurium left. This is undoubtedly the work of our venom friends, but I have no idea how. Shh. Something's coming out of the tunnel. Venom is now seen coming out of a hole. And as Rax and Dagger enjoy the sunlight, it seems, Matt interrupts with a little quip saying, you know, since when do snakes become moles? Um, (laughs) Here's another slip I noticed. Doug Stone's voice with Matt, he, when he said the word Japan, he slipped and used Bruce's voice. No, I didn't. I noticed when he said, and Japan. I'm like, really? (laughs) How do you goof that? <laughs> but well, I guess when you're doing multiple voices, voices as yeah. he did during the show. So, what brings Venom to Japan? In any event, you know, we see Dagger engages the turret gun on Jackhammer, and he gives cover fire, which I thought was really cool. As he and Rax kind of head back into this tunnel, Mask, of course, heads in chasing them. Rax relays back to Miles that Mask has found them and the tunnel. Yet Miles is very inviting. I, I, I actually liked it. When he says, you know, uh, he suggests that they invite them in. So uh, then we see that it turns into a split tunnel, two tunnels. We see Thunderhawk and Rhino end up going to the left corridor with Condor and Firecracker going off to the right. It was really cool that Miles was kind of setting the trap. Right. Um, And then they have to split up again. The Switchblade shows up and fires a shot. Thunderhawk goes after Switchblade and Rhino stays with Piranha. And then meanwhile, Firecracker and Condor, or after Jackhammer, they get to three more tunnels. They both choose the outside. It's a dead end, and then they, you see them come back and go into the middle. It's a dead end! Switchblade leads Thunderhawk into this kind of gap in the tunnel. Right. Matt kind of gets ready for jet mode, but decides that he doesn't need it and kind of puts on the brakes there and comes to a screeching halt over this cliff or hole in the ground, and they notice that it's Vanessa flying. Right. Vanessa Warfield? What's going on here? And then Rhino, as he's looking for Rax, the, uh, we finally get to see the first part of the magma mole. Um, it emerges in the drills. This is where we, we get our first break, right, right as he's pointed at Rhino. And then the drills pin Rhino up against this side of the cave, and the windshield starts to crack. Um, the other team finally arrives on the scene, and Gloria uses the Aura mask to repel or lift uh, the magma mole away from Rhino. And then Mayhem, after it's thwarted to the side, Mayhem uh, escapes. Wow, look at the size of it. I'll handle it. Gloria, don't! You can't possibly repel something that big. 
You better hope I can. Aura, on. It was really neat to see, you know, they actually con- confront Alex and say, no, don't do it, don't do it. And yet she's like, I'd like to try to try to try to see you stop me. Yeah. She's going after. She wants to, you know, take the lead and rescue Alex and Bruce in this instance. And going back to Thunderhawk, I actually thought it looked more like uh, he was using like a reverse thruster on Thunderhawk by okay, popping it in jet mode. I don't really know if that's what happened, but I, I could see your point too that it could just be, uh, whoops, wrong button type of you know <laughs> second guess. But of course, I couldn't help but be reminded of the super stop mode on Kit from Knight Rider. And also on Street Hawk. Oh, yes, yes. I forgot he had a super stop mode on him. They both had those panels that kind of came out, Kit in super pursuit mode, and then Street Hawk to stop them after they you know, were going 300 miles an hour or whatever they were doing. Right. So Alex uh, gives Gloria a good show. I say, Gloria, good show. Right. And uh, Matt and Brad notice that the water is rushing out from the new hole that was created by Mayhem as he was escaping, and Mask needs to hurry up and rush out of the tunnel before they get, you know, underwater. And then Venom sets a trap. This was really good. I mean, they they blocked the tunnel exit. It's just buried in rubble. Matt jumps out of Thunderhawk. He scans the rock in front of him with the Spectrum mask, saying that he's taking a long shot. And he tells Brad to shoot his antimatter ray at this precise location. And the rock blows, and they've found a cave. Uh, Matt found a cave while he's using his mask with its, I think he said, sonar capability. Right. And then we finally, right here is where we cut to Mayhem. He's on the television talking to the Japanese prime minister. And we learn of the plot. Mayhem tells the prime ministers that he'll use the magma mall to blow Mount Fuji and destroy Tokyo unless they give in to his demands. In 12 Um, hours, yes. So my message is simple, Mr. Prime Minister. If Japan does not agree to my demands, I shall use my magma mold to make Mount Fuji erupt. Tokyo will be destroyed completely. You are aware of the power of magma mold. From that little demonstration earlier, you have 12 hours to make your decision. (laughs) Where is Mask? They are now working in the seismic laboratory. It was just kind of funny to me that they... You know, they didn't throw any cash number out that he wanted or he didn't want, you know, $10 million in diamonds or something. He just – they just used demands unless they meet his demands. So right. they didn't, you know, really come up with some – they just kind of left it open. Right. And then we flipped the scene to a seismic lab and we, of course, see T-Bob bellyaching about the tidal wave and now learning about Japan having tiny earthquakes. So he's ever more eager and actually starts to cry another emotion that he wants to go home. I, I took it at comic value. You know, they're just trying to get some comic relief in there, but it's kind of funny to see a robot, you know, I want to go home. <laughs> so and That's uh, all they used him for in this episode. Yeah. Just... And then Bra- Bruce rattles off one of his proverbs, and it actually stumps Gloria this time. And, of course, Matt deciphers it for her, saying that Magma Mole cannot move without making seismic signatures. So eventually they end up finding him, uh, the Magma Bowl, at Mount Fuji. I thought it was kind of interesting here where Matt and Gloria kind of show up together 
at the lab, you know, we've had this theory, and of course, you know, writing the script and, and kind of having uh, more relationship with Matt and Gloria in the script, it's funny that they kind of show up to the lab together there. Right. Um, but anyway. I love the transformation. They've upgraded the animation here for Thunderhawk when he yes. transformed into jet mode. And in fact, I think there's one more improvement here, a few more episodes down the road, uh, that that's very, very impressive. But nonetheless, Venom is waiting on Mount Fuji as Miles surfaces, asking if they had heard from the Prime Minister. Of course, they heard nothing, so Miles is eagerly ready to give them a, a warning earthquake, as you will, but needs more energy cells. As they are exchanging the cells in the, in the magma mole, Condor and Thunderhawk are seen coming onto the scene. By Rax, who was just chilling up against the side of the mountain there. Right. As he always does. Right. It's Mask! What? Then we see them, of course, blasting away at Venom. Brad says he'll take on Switchblade while Matt takes out Magma Bowl, which I thought was kind of interesting that I didn't take it as a order, but I kind of took it like... Matt's not the lead on this expedition as much. You know, we saw Hondo kind of taking the lead and yeah. putting the masks on. Now we see Brad kind of engaging a little bit here. Brad, yeah, he's he's got that personality where he's, you know, he's the rock star. He wants to kind of do his own thing. He's kind of the loose cannon, I guess, of the mask team. True. Um, and he, he thinks, you know, I thought it was funny that Matt says that Vanessa can outfly him. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of Matt essentially kind of pushing back or trying to bring him down a little bit to his, you know, guns blazing routine. Right. So I thought that that showed that a little respect to Vanessa and the way she could fly uh, Switchblade. Watch yourself, Brad. She could outfly you in that thing. Help fly me? Get serious. I'll fix the little mosquito. Jackhammer and Rhino... They have a showdown. I like the targeting screen that they used in Jackhammer on Rhino. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. So I like the way the Firecracker's spare tire comes flying in. I like the way that that kind of came flying in unexpectedly to chop off the uh, grill guns on Jackhammer, but I didn't really like it because he still had the turret gun, right? I mean... He could have defended himself, and he goes just kind of sliding down the hill. Right, and I, 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 I saw that too, but, you know, I also thought about it, you know, of course, me, military, you know, practical. You slice off the barrel, the thing still works. Still shooting, it's just a short barrel now. So, uh, but I did kind of like the retaliation because Hondo has been picked on a lot the last two or three episodes. He's yes. been shoved down. Uh, hills, hillsides, quite a bit. So I kind of thought, "Hey, Honda finally got one," type of thing. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, you know, he he's sliding down the mountain. Then it's on to magma mole as he's being powered up. Miles goes back to digging, and Matt has Gloria take over Thunderhawk while he goes and glides on in and hitches a ride onto the the big machine. Yeah, he uses the Spectrum hand glider, which he doesn't command. Yes, I had that as one of my notes, that that would have been... Since he'd used it before, and he'd used... I think this is only the second time he's used it so far, uh, it would have been nice for him to kind of announce it again. 
I'm using hang, Spectrum Hang Glider now. Right. But, uh, anyway, so Mayhem, he exits after Matt jumps on to the Magma Mole, and they have their little tiff back and forth. Mayhem exits the Magma Mole. He shoots his Viper Mask at Matt, and it almost sounded like he said Sniper there. Did you, he did. Did you catch that? He did say Sniper Mask. In fact, I made a note of that. Shut this thing down, Mayhem. You're not going anywhere. Sniper Mask, fire! It's, it's like they're goofing up a little bit on commands and little things here. Yeah. But they're improving so on the animation. <laughs> they are. They they really are. Um, so they have their little altercation on top of the magma mole. Um, he said, he tells Matt, he set it to autopilot to drill towards the, the hot magma and that when it hits it, you know, everything's going to erupt. And then he kind of basically just jumps off the thing. Matt tells Hondo to go after Mayhem while he stays on the machine trying to you know, stop it or slow it down. Cut back to Condor and Switchblade having their showdown. Vanessa, she uses a targeting screen on Switchblade now right. to shoot at Condor. And we do see that she's got some skill flying this thing because she's got Condor set in her sights, ready to blow him to smithereens. And Mayhem pops out of the, the cave tunnel using a remote control to take uh, over Switchblade's controls. And just as he moves a uh, switchblade on his remote, it kind of foils Vanessa's shot on Condor, and she misses. I've got him now! Now! Oh, what's happening? This thing is trying to fly by itself! Say goodbye to your fearless leader, fools! He's on his way to the center of the Earth! And I thought that was kind of bad in that respect because, one, how does Vanessa not know that Switchblade has a remote control? And two, wouldn't Miles be looking up for the helicopter to even know where the heck it is? You know, it could be close to the, <laughs> to the mountain already, and all he does is move it, and boom, there you know, there goes Switchblade. True. So uh, I, I looked at that more as uh, he, I guess, kind of did see where it was. He just... You know, give me back my plane. <laughs> yeah, and you know he could have been wanting to get the heck out of there. He's he just right. got out, and he kind of knows that someone's going to be after him, whether it's Matt or someone else. So yeah, you know, he grabs onto the landing skid and and sending off in the switchblade. He tells the rest of Mask, which I thought was kind of funny, but he tells them that their leader is on his way to meet his doom. So yes. Alex jumps into Rhino and tells Matt. And here's where I didn't understand this. They can communicate in their mask any other time. He had to jump into Rhino specifically to communicate. And maybe it's because the depth for radio waves, radio transmission to get down there to him. But uh, nonetheless, he tells Matt to get out of there before it gets too hot. Yeah, Matt says, he says, uh, I don't know if this, I don't know if Doug Stone does Alex as well, but Matt says, it's bloody hot in here. (laughs) (laughs) Matt! You must stop before you're too deep. The heat will kill you. It's already plenty hot, Alex. But I can't stop this one-way elevator. I can't even break anything. It's all made of endurium alloy. No, it's not. Doug Stone doesn't do that. Uh, it, whoever does the Miles Mayhem, I can't remember his name. But whoever does Miles Mayhem is actually Alex. That's who does his voice. Oh, okay. But we, as we digress, you know, Matt's sitting there saying he, he already needs a air conditioner. And... Uh, 
Bruce gives him some proverbial advice again to have the wind do what the hammer cannot. So Matt understands, of course, to use subsonic vibrations. So he has Spectrum do that, which ends up stopping Magmabol because he can't. He's been trying to, I guess, break buttons and, and do whatever to this machine, and it's nothing. It's like like bulletproof. So it's made of it's made of that uh, material that they stole, the endurium, right? Is what it says. So he can't he can't penetrate or he can't you know bust up the controls. But he uses the vibration to destroy the circuitry, and then the machine gets stopped. But he's trapped a mile and a half inside the cave. Uh, Buddy takes the initiative to use the penetrator mask to go through the rock, and both Matt and uh, I believe it's Alex, warn him that not to do it. There's not enough power in your mask. And then Bruce chimes in and tells Buddy to hook his mask to the firecracker's generator for more power. And he goes in with firecracker to extract Matt before the magma mole explodes. And then at the very end, Gloria, she's panicked first about Buddy and Matt, and then as Matt emerges, she just tosses her helmet up in the air and, Matt! Right. <laughs> Buddy, Matt! And then they all kind of huddle around Matt, and it pans back. We get a shot of Mount Fuji at the end of the uh, at the end of the episode. Right, and that leads us on to our very important safety message repeat. Did you notice that it was actually a repeat message from uh, a few episodes ago from the Highway of Doom? Yes, um, I think I actually before I watched the episode, I read. I think it was. Uh, Anna that commented that it was the same message at the end. So yeah, it was to you know check the water level before you dive in. Right. Of course, they so, did use the new setting, being over in Mount Fuji area, Japan. So at least they did that fresh. It wasn't right. the same exact cartoon. Yeah, they tied it into where they were at at the uh, location there. So, so what was your uh, verdict? I was a little, sort of, kinda. Harsh. Wow. Not very to most people, but I, I, I was on a five for a good while. Then I went to a four. It was hard to make that call, but, you know, I actually dinged it because of the voice slips um, with uh, Matt slipping up with the, with the voices. I also dinged it because of the sniper mask goof that he had and also the PSA kind of repeat. I don't know if there was a lot of diving accidents going on at that time, but obviously it was a big concern because, or they were just bored, didn't have anything new to be safe about. Uh, so I kind of thought that was kind of a copycatted thing. In fact, I was actually going on to a three. Believe it or not, I was only going to a three on this. But what saved it was really all the animation that they really did, uh, the drama, and I liked how they were testing the limits of their masks in this one. They, we really tested Aura's limits and Penetrator's limits, where we actually get to see it 
married up with firecracker and hey it can go through a mile and a half of rock so what did you see what was your verdict so you were teetering between four and three actually i was i was, I was teetering one higher i was between if i could give it a four and a half i would but I'm going to round it up. I'm going to go higher than you. I think probably for the first time yeah. since we've been rating these. I'm going with five. Now I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I'm sick of playing the bad guy. <laughs> no, it was a it was a great episode. Um, there was a good use, I think, of Scott and T. Bob. They weren't directly involved with the story, which you know sometimes it plays out a little bit better if they're you know, a little bit involved, but. You know they're there. They're there for their comic relief, and um, I thought it was a pretty good use of them. Uh, they were consistent with the call up, like we talked about before, with the vehicle names at the end. I liked the, the kind of durability, like you're saying, with the masks and showing you know Rhino's windshield cracking there that one time. I liked that Vanessa was basically revered as a great pilot, yeah. um, and that she was you know really one of the strong points of Venom, her flying ability and, and all that. I really like that. I like the targeting screens that they've been showing in the animation. Uh, the drama, of, obviously, of Matt being almost killed. I think they actually used killed in mm-hmm. the episode. Yep. And then, of course, Gloria at the end, all worried and happy to see him. I like you know, that they're kind of, it's almost like they're kind of hooking up. <laughs> uh, every little thing that I had that were kind of picks, I guess you would say, about it, was just minor. And I was like, even going over these now, I didn't see enough, with, even with them all together, to drop it down one. Uh, you know, there was no mass transport plane. That's just being a little bit picky, I guess. This is kind of stuff that we wanted to see, in other words, or thought that you know it would be cool that they would have included. Um, you know, we talked about Matt and Bruce, their masks in the energizing scene and Matt kind of being there, which was a little mistake. The whole thing with Jackhammer kind of losing control over just, you know, losing his guns, that was kind of a minor thing. Uh, the no voice command on the Spectrum hang glider, would have liked to seen that, but that was small, you know. I'm still trying to get a grip on the penetrator's kind of capabilities, and he threw Matt in there. I guess you'd have to be touching the your inside of Firecracker to you know, be escorted through the rock or whatever. But, um, you know, it was nothing that really bothered me a lot. I'm just, uh, I guess one of my personal, probably my least favorite capability is the penetrator. But, you know, there was a lot of little picky stuff, but I don't think it was any enough to, to bring it down from a five to a four, in my opinion. So... I went one higher with you this time. I see. Something must have happened over the last two weeks. The, vac- the <laughs> vacation must have improved your your personality. Of course, the next two weeks have like made mine worse or something. I don't know. I'm a glasses half full kind of guy, I guess now. I guess you are. Did you see any similarities for the for our movie in this in this episode? Really, the only couple things that kind of stood out I kind of mentioned before was you know, Matt and Gloria and their relationship. But um, Vanessa does fly Switchblade in our movie mm-hmm. and is uh, a good pilot. I mean, she's the the main pilot of Switchblade in the beginning scenes. Right. Um, she flies it more than once in the movie. And uh, that was basically the main tie-in that 
that I took away. How about you? Uh, the only third thing is uh, the aiming sights that you see on Switchblade uh, and Jackhammer, except that we put it into Rhino uh, towards the end of the movie. That was about the only some other similarity that I caught, but you got the, the rest that I had jotted down. Our poll ratings. So far, we are at seven votes. Three think it's a five, being a great or a signature episode, and we have four think that's just a good with just a few minor, you know, flaws. And we have what's it? Yeah, and we have one comment. Right, of course, from our buddy Anna, and she says, "I spoke to a Facebook friend about a year ago who had this as his favorite episode, and I agree with him that it's really a good one, although it's not my favorite." I like the scenes with Vanessa and Switchblade, and also the scene at the end when Matt nearly gets cooked alive. One minor flaw, however, is the PSA when they repeat the same message from the Highway of Terror about checking how deep the water is. So thank you, Anna, for commenting this week. And we'll just go right into previewing next week's episode, uh, which will be MassCast 15. We'll be talking about episode 12 called Solaria Park and in this episode Venom hides a heat ray weapon in an amusement park hmm entertaining I hope it will be (laughs) it has been so far yes yes uh, we've been having a great time like always you know we're into some creative entities otherwise uh, of course we plugged uh, Jason here I think last week he's a He's a big 80s guru like myself, but he's gone one step further and made a website. If you don't already know, it's called Rediscover the 80s. That's 80thenumbers.com. Uh, you can also listen to him on his own radio station from Radionomy. So if you uh, visit his website, you'll see the little uh, application there, or you can download it on your iPod, iPad, uh, smartphone, or whatever else you got. There's a Radionomy app for that. There's also a TuneIn app. If you go to the, if you have the TuneIn app for your smartphone or iPad, um, you can find Rediscover the 80s Radio on there as well. I had a lot of fun making up little liners in between songs and IDs and putting together a few of the playlists that I posted on the site. So it's been fun trying to keep that uh, radio station going. They have some. Requirements to, to keep it going. You got to meet some goals. So we're hopefully going to meet our first three month goal uh, very soon here, and we'll keep it going for at least another six months beyond that. So, and that'd be great because you know a little bit of history. Jason and I worked at our own uh, hometown radio station for. Uh, I worked there for just a little over a year. He worked there about two years, and then it came back to intern there. Right. We we got the bug. It's serious. We got the bug, and you know the podcast is just just a drop in the bucket right now. We really, <laughs> if we could, we'd have our own true to form on air radio station somehow, somewhere, somehow. This is one step further for Jason Kind for the '80s, and uh, we're hoping to eventually get on our own venture together. But in the interim, you know, this is great. We we love our we love Mask. Obviously, we wrote a movie. We love podcasts, we love radio, and uh, we really just wanted to take a moment to well, give him a little plug again, tell you a little about 
bit about ourselves and we hope that you enjoyed episode 14 and we look forward to seeing you next time on MassCast. Mass.